This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now. liberation is not you can't pray for it yeah you know you can get support like that through prayer but you've got to actually engage in this alchemy of your mind you actually have to work on the mind to to let go you have to feel right isn't that what we're trying to get people to understand is there's a path yeah and a well-trodden one yeah absolutely Welcome to the Spirit Underground Podcast with Dharma teachers Spring Washam and Lama Rod Owens. These conversations will include topics on Black liberation theology, healing with plant-based medicine, indigenous wisdom, Buddhist-based meditation practices, and reconnecting to our ancestral knowledge. Together we will explore what freedom means individually collectively, and spiritually. If you would like to support the Spirit Underground podcast, please visit the BeHereNowNetwork.com slash donate. Hello, everybody. This is Spring Washam, and... This is Lama Rod. We're back. Spirit Underground. Conversations on liberation. Yes, brother. We love to talk about this <laughs> all day. Well, all day is all I ever talk about. Actually, now like, I know. Are you free? I'm like walking down the sidewalk, yelling at people. Are you free? You ready to get free? <laughs> Do they say anything back to you, or they just kind of look at you? They're just like, um. <laughs> They're like, okay. Nah, I've been numb. But even seriously, like I've been really like getting serious about these conversations with people and with students, you know, and community as well, you know. um, Like, are we really trying to get free, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I've been spending a lot of time with Harriet, you know, in practice and meditation and channeling, you know. um, And I feel so aligned with her ethic about, you know, which is really about by any means necessary, Malcolm X's ethic. You know, it's like by any means necessary, we need to get free, you know. But freedom doesn't look like this really nice, sweet labor, you know. <laughs> you know? Nice and sweet labor. Yeah, that's messy. Being, <laughs> yeah, it's messy. Yeah. Childbirth or labor of evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think people want to like they want to stay clean and pure, you know. Um, mm. 
I just don't think that's compatible with really transcending delusion and and dualism. Like you have to get as a complexity here that we have to embody, you know, if we keep holding on to you know, our, the ways in which we use other people's perspectives about us to validate a sense of self, you know, then like we won't ever get out of here. Like sometimes we have to, we have to embrace and hold the ways in which we're being labeled, you know. Mm, like say being labeled, more about that. Yeah, yeah it's like being more. labeled difficult, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's mm. like, I mean, when I was coming up in activist communities, right, it was like, there was just all these really difficult people, you know, who were just like really edgy and anxious <laughs> and who were always serious, you know. Are you serious about the work? Are you conscious? Are you, you know, um, do you know what's happening? Do you know what's going down? And and those people were really hard to be around, you know, absolutely. And as I was coming up, you know, learning from those folks, I thought, well, you know, there's definitely a way to be serious about the work you know, but not to have such an edge, you know, about it. You know, right. this is why Absolutely. joy is really a, a huge thing for me. I think joy helps to, to I think, smooth the edges of our anxiety around liberation work, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it propels it at the same time. You know, Absolutely. I think this is why Dharma practice is so important, you know, as a, as a system, as a collaborative system that we actually integrate into social liberation work alongside ultimate liberation work. So um, how do you get down and dirty and then still have joy, you know, just roll around, yeah. wrestle the demons, you know, yeah. look at the, look at where we're imprisoning ourselves yeah. looking at the ways we hold ourselves back and how do you untangle but still have that yeah. joy well i think the principal ethic around joy or well more specifically around the labor of getting free and joy is that like i am so deeply grateful to have the opportunity to wrestle with these with these mm-hmm. horses and to do the work like i I'm conscious enough, I'm aware enough to choose the work of getting free, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and that gratitude of choosing the work is really my doorway into joy. You know, like, I can't believe I have the fortune to really work for this, you know, to really align my whole life, you know, around liberation work. Like for myself, for others, uniting or bringing together social liberation with ultimate liberation, you know, as mm-hmm. well. Um, and that's and that keeps me going, you know, because I know that this is having such a deep, profound impact um, on the the course of my life and the course of my lives to come, right? Like mm-hmm. by taking this moment and just saying, you know what, how am I going to get free in this moment? You know, and this is going to, this is like, well, it's like, you know, planting or like sowing seeds, you know, for a crop or a harvest, right? Like I feel like I'm able and have the capacity to sow all these seeds 
for mm-hmm. a future awakening. You Absolutely. Know? It's like we're we're putting money in our bank account for our retirement, yeah. but we don't really, you know, that could be at some other time, but we are like accruing something. So Rad, talk more mm-hmm. about liberation from the point of like when we're pointing to people, I'm imagining listeners mm-hmm. who are adopting this and they're like, yeah, but what are we doing? And ultimately when I think about liberation, this mm-hmm. it's this idea of just this letting go of it all, right? Yeah. Seeing beyond it, the illusion. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. talk more about, you know, when you're saying do the work of mm-hmm. liberation, what does that look yeah. like? Is this you letting yeah. go? Is this you seeing it as a dream? Is this, mm-hmm. what is that? How do we practice that? Yeah. How do we, because we want to, you know, bring it down. And yeah. also we're, I'm teaching myself all the time. Mm-hmm. What's the view well, yeah. of liberation yeah, yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, and this is a process that's always deepening and mm-hmm. becoming more transparent, you know. But, I, you know, I, I just, I, re, I am reminded of what we used to sing growing up in church was that, you know, this world is not my home, right? Mm. And that's, that's such profound dormant, you know, that's, you know, liberation, part of liberation, well, black liberation theology, you know, this world is in my home, and that's really where we start. You know, of course, that's the illusion, the dream that we that we talk about um, in Buddhism. You know, this isn't my home, this reality, which I call the carceral state, mm. right? You know, this isn't my home. This is an experience that I'm moving through, right? This is like, even in this way, a figment of my imagination, Right. And what my work is initially is to understand that this is a figment of my imagination. Right. That doesn't mean I start divesting from the world. It doesn't mean that, like, I become apathetic or, you know, um, or callous in a way, you know, to, to the, the workings of the world. But what it means is that I stop taking it so seriously. And I begin to understand that I'm much more than this world. I'm much more than this body, right? And that yes. I am actually this transcendent being, right? Who's trying to remember their transcendence, their divinity. But yes, but we yes. get distract we get distracted in this realm in this in the carceral state because of the lack of clarity you know, that we call delusion are the ways in which we get wrapped up into clinging and longing and craving, you know, as the Buddha taught. Absolutely. And it's so easy to get tied up in all those knots. I mean, it seems so real. I mean, I remember I used to ask Minja Rinpoche, (laughs) why does it seem so real if it's really a dream? You know, Mm -hmm. why, why does it seem like that? And you know, he would talk about just the clarity, the aspect of the mind that has this yeah. clarity. But, but yeah, yeah so letting yeah. go and yeah. remembering, this is yeah. really at the heart of the liberation, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and then you, then you transition from reactivity and judgment of everything to being able to respond, right? And when I respond, I am choosing how to invest my energy, which is awareness, Yes. You know, and attention, you know, and I invested into experiences trying to figure out 
what those experiences are, right? And how to free those experiences from my perceptions of it or them, right? You know? Yes, our ideas about it, whatever the thing is, right? It's not the thing itself. It's just our concepts. You know, because everything has to be freed, right? Mm. So people, we have to be freed, our conscious beings, including animals and so forth, humans and other conscious beings, we have to be freed from the delusion, right? We have to be freed from the distractions of of the phenomenal world and reinvest our attention, our awareness into the essence of all phenomena, which is emptiness and fluidity and energy, right? Um, And we also have to free phenomena from our perceptions of it. You know, mm. so it's like the way that we label everything and create a yeah, reality. Yeah. You know, it's Solidity. like this old, yeah, we solidify everything yeah. by naming it. So, you know, it's like the basic kinds of meditation um, practices that, you know, usually as beginners we move through. And some of those practices are contemplating the nature of an object, you know. So it's like we used to use a candle flame. You know, and I started with a candle flame actually as one of my first practices. And then you would contemplate in your meditation space, like what is a candle? What is a flame? What's fire? What's heat? What's light? Like, so what I name, I label these these things and these experiences, but what are these experiences? Do they have an inherent being, you know? an isness or suchness, you know, maybe we can say, you know, but I don't think things just disappear when you develop a deeper awareness of the nature of phenomena. I think what happens is phenomena becomes lighter. Like it doesn't feel so heavy. Like nothing feels as heavy. Like we're not as invested in it anymore, right? If I believe that something is real, I'm heavily engaging with it. Right. Yep. I'm worried about it. I'm I'm longing for it. I'm attracted yeah. to it. I'm not attracted to it. So these are some real high teachings right now, Rod. I hope people can catch the thread of yeah. this. Like we're yeah. we're we're really talking, we're pointing to the absolute truth here. Right. You know, and I think it's always the struggle, particularly for well, I would say I was gonna say <laughs> it's a struggle for people new to this, but it's also a struggle for people who have been in this practice and teaching. For a while, like how do you balance the absolute and the relative, you know, and still remain engaged in the world? Because the potential is that we just bypass the relative for the absolute. Right. So on the relative level, we mean this conventional level of reality. We mean the karmic level, the, the level of my name is spring. It's... Twelve twenty-five. I live. You know, there's all these uh, concepts, but the truth is, second truth is that we're all really made of light, energy, stars, and that's. And so, if we get out of balance in either one of those, it seems they're suffering, right? You see the people who are like, "I'm all, I'm the universe," but they're not taking care of their bills. They're harming people. They've entered a delusion, and then. If you're too much on the relative, you become like those activists, 
Yeah. Like yeah. bitter too. And, and they forget yeah. that there are stars and there's a bigger truth behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, so this is really, I think this is really what the spirit underground is about. How do we remember our true nature, which is light, energy, right. um, emptiness, not in the empty from the concept that we know it, but it's right. empty of sort of suffering in a way, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also be effective, to yeah. be effective here and now because there's a lot going on and just the last week mm-hmm. in the wider world to get distracted by. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get a lot of good news anytime soon, you mm-hmm. know, just in the the matrix. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. It's getting mm-hmm. more intense. Maybe it's always been that, but, yeah. um, but I love to what we're pointing to here is the liberation is our more of the recognition of our true nature um, and how to live more fluidly in this relative, conventional, the 3D world. That's what right. we're talking about. We could use that terminology for people, 3D and 5D, yeah. still concepts, but people sometimes relate to that yeah. way of speaking about consciousness. Yeah. Well, you know, and another part, and this goes to what you've just mentioned about the heaviness of the times right now. It's like, Part of the carceral state or samsara, right, is is the heaviness. Like that's one of the, I think, one of the characteristics. It's like it's supposed to be difficult, <laughs> like because this is an art, because it's based on delusion, and delusion mm-hmm. is suffering, right? So of course, this experience right now that we're having is full of suffering right now because it's supposed to be full of suffering, right? But we're supposed to be learning from the suffering, you know, in terms of like how to start developing a deeper perception into what phenomena really is, back into this emptiness and energy and fluidity and space, right? Right. You know, and the more we're able to do that, actually, the more capacity we have to help people, right? You know, I think that the more realization we have of the relative, like it, it gives us a deeper insight into really how to benefit people, right? Mm-hmm. And our realization in turn is taking care of us, you know, because our suffering is being decreased, you know, and lessened. And so when our suffering is being taken care of, it's less likely to distract us from benefiting others. Exactly. When our tangles aren't getting in the way, when we're, we have a mm-hmm. clear intention for the day. And then, you know, as we know, those days happen where <laughs> all the suffering takes over and we're not effective. We're not who we want to be in those moments. We are, we're entangled. And I think yeah. all of us understand this. Um, and those on the path of liberation, I think there's so many people longing for freedom right now. Like, you you know, mm-hmm. you're walking around saying it, but it's also, you know, you have a choir of people being like, yeah, I'm ready too, yeah. right? They're responding. Yeah. You're asking. They're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's exciting to see that. That's not being shown on the news, right. you know, that's not right. being amplified so much right now, but... Yeah, to help people be lighter, to remember their true nature, mm-hmm. to work toward that. Um, and it just feels like just remembering who they really are. 
remembering right. your absolute nature while navigating in this reality that's, you know, as we know, Mark, with greed, hatred, and delusion, samsara exactly. is the wheel of suffering. Exactly. And it's made like this. It's no one's mm-hmm. fault, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. We just have to use it to wake up. I hear you on that. We have to keep growing. But it's juicy and it's compelling and it's triggering everyone in many ways, you know? And we just mm-hmm. have to keep working with that. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. triggers. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, with the triggers, you know, um, it's like a trigger is like a big red button that you walk <laughs> around with. And, you know, people are going to trigger it. People are going to like push that red button if they see it. Or, you know, we're always going to have that sensitivity until we begin to tend to those sensitivities. As one of my teachers said once, it's like if you don't want anyone to push the button, take it away. Right, turn it, deactivate it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and you know, I think one of the you know the realities of being so traumatized is that we we lose the capacity to to have a sensitivity to how to actually heal and Mm. move through the trauma. We just become you know, for many of us, we become really numb. I think right now there's so much. Trauma, personal trauma, collective trauma, vicarious trauma, right? In spaces, there are a lot of people who are just absorbing this and shutting down and feeling overwhelmed and tired and angry or hopeless and so forth, right? And it takes this intense level of intentionality and labor, right, to continue disrupting the absorption um, and the flourishing of trauma within our experiences of body and mind and collective, you know, but the collective piece is something that we have to work with others, right? But so the, 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 the fundamental labor is how I am metabolizing trauma in my personal experience right now. Yes, what are the absolutely. boundaries? Yes. You know, and how do I'm, we do mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, we have to figure out what our practices are. Absolutely. You know, and I think boundaries are the primary thing we start with, you know, and I'm talking with several people right now, you know, um, some of them are very well-known influencers, you know, that everyone knows, um, and just in conversation with them and about the ways in which they have to like really reaffirm their boundaries right now, you know? And and what that means is you get clear about what you no longer need to do or can't do in the moment and you say no. Right. You know, I can't do this, right? And it's hard to establish it, right? In a way, there's like yeah. these nuances, yeah. you know, of knowing our own system, knowing our own field and knowing, yeah, I'm, I want to talk about that more in the terms of boundaries, healing our trauma. We've been talking Mm -hmm. about this ancestral trauma Mm -hmm. and it seems like we always talk about it, right? You know, when you get black folks together, (laughs) ancestral trauma, it was like, maybe we could phrase it like ancestral (laughs) liberation, you know, because we all get the images. As soon as we say black folks, ancestral trauma, we're all there. 
You know, mm-hmm. we're all like, oh God. Yeah. So there's something about it that's hard. But also I want to talk about it in terms of real liberation. Like we don't, we want to lighten this load now, right? Yeah. It feels like this burden, you know, yeah. like you and I were together doing a retreat and um, not long ago yeah. in September and we were like, can we lift this burden? Do we have to, mm-hmm. you know, how many times are we going to? So I guess I want to talk about our ancestral trauma in two ways. Right. One, we have to experience, liberate, go through. Mm-hmm. And then there's another group of us that's like, how much do we revisit? Yeah. You know, this whole conversation that you and I were having mm-hmm. about, you know, closing the doors to the lower mm-hmm. realms, to the trauma mm-hmm. field, but yet mm-hmm. honoring it, opening it, but yet you have to liberate it. Yeah. So I think a lot of my folks are have this topic when we talk about ancestor trauma. How do we hold it now? Some people feel mm-hmm. tired. Mm-hmm. Others feel inspired. Some people yeah. are like, let's just shoot to the stars. That's yeah. our true nature. But are they yeah. bypassing the wounds? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Just a minor conversation on an epic topic when we talk about <laughs> ancestral trauma. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, and then, like, I think there's even a, another group of people who wear trauma ancestral trauma, collective trauma have been normalized and pathologized, you know, so they don't even know, you know, that like there's a different way to feel. Right. They're just like in it and there's not even space to question it. This is just reality is the weight of the suffering and I'll stay in this state of trauma. Uh Uh-huh. Definitely. I I think there's a lot of people who are brand new to this idea of ancestral trauma, right? Um, and, you know, kind of growing up in, you know, some of the communities that many of us grew up in, you know, particularly those of us who are listening to this podcast, you know, I think many of us didn't grow up with an understanding of ancestors and definitely not not an uh, understanding of trauma. And certainly when you start talking about ancestral trauma, then this is like a whole brand new thing. You know, that people feel, you know, the whole thing, you know, you can feel as if you're struggling to really comprehend this. Do you think that our people know it, but they don't have Mm -hmm. a language, some of them? Because, you know, we see the images, we see roots, Mm -hmm. we see the history, we read about it. So we know something has been done. We feel that our suffering is connected, but you think they just don't have the language of this Mm -hmm. kind of precision. Right. To understand the complexity of what we mean by ancestral trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think But they so. know it. I know our people know it. I know yeah. that they feel that oppression. Yeah. They react yeah. to it. Well, you know, I think, for instance, like the language of being tired is mm. really us trying to name trauma. You know? Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I think that like, we're not calling it trauma, but we're talking about it. All but the we time. we don't know it's trauma. Yeah, yeah all the time. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. family violence and incarceration. Yeah. I mean, it's constantly like in our certain field. We do, yeah. it's everywhere, but we don't quite know. I guess we're so, you, you write a group, there's people that are so connected to it. They're not mm-hmm. questioning it. They're just mm-hmm. living it. Yeah. That's yeah. life, is that yeah. field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this was the gift of ayahuasca to me. 
Um, it didn't feel like a gift when it started, but like the <laughs> gift was... It, it was, was like a hell like, realm gift. It was yeah. hell realm. It's like pulling back the veils, pu- pulling back the curtains and saying and revealing, okay, this is what we're talking about. Like you talk about ancestral trauma, here it is. You know, like the, and yours only, was like ripped out. Like, yeah. let's talk about your whole journey. I look, I, yeah. Lamara came to Lotus Vine <laughs> Journeys retreat a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. I think this is 2018, yeah. 19, 19. 2019. Mm-hmm. And I, Rod and I met at a Black mm-hmm. and Buddhist conference. We'd known about well, we each met, other. Yeah, we met earlier than that. Yeah, so. we met earlier. Yeah, but, but we talked. There. We really talked in 2018. <laughs> We talked in 2018, but the minute I saw Rod, I was like, you have to come to Peru. You have to drink ayahuasca. So I've mm-hmm. been leading this work of, through my organization, mm-hmm. Lotus Fine Journeys, which blends Buddhism, ayahuasca. And I kept saying, Rod, the whole conference, when we were talking about Black liberation theology, I kept asking him, are you sure you don't want to come? You should come on the next retreat. I don't remember following you around. Mm-hmm. And being kind of enamored for some reason. And um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, he comes mm-hmm. on the retreat and yeah, maybe just share because right. it was one for me working with you on that retreat was one mm-hmm. of the most profound experiences I've mm-hmm. ever gone through. Right. Um, and so, yeah, maybe you can just share how all this happened for you right. or whatever you'd like. Yeah. Well, you know, up until that point, you know, um, in 2018, when we reconnected, I'd been thinking about ceremonies and ayahuasca and plant medicine. I was getting curious about it, but, you know, really hadn't found, you know, anything to to really try, uh, or certainly not a facilitator, you know, or anyone um, to work with. But, you know, when you started talking to me about the retreats, you know, the thing that became a sign for me was that the retreats, you know, the following year started on my 40th birthday, mm, the day mm-hmm. of my 40th birthday. And I'd been praying to do something significant for my 40th birthday, not have a party or anything like that, but like something about letting go of this past 40 years of my life and looking forward. And of course, when I heard that, and I was like, this is it. <laughs> you know, this is what Get a flight to the jungle of yeah, Peru, I'm the Amazon, to, right? I know, I'm going to the Amazon, you know, here I come. <laughs> uh, and, and so, yeah, and I came down the following year. And, you know, even, uh, and leading up to that, I was also really trying to figure out ancestral trauma and transhistorical trauma as well because I've written and studied it so much, you know, and I was like, well, how do I do it now? Right. How right. do I really do it? I'd been trying to do it, but really didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. So um so I brought all these aspirations to the jungle, to the retreat. Um and, you know, I'm always trying to articulate what medicine work is you know, for people. And like, mm-hmm. I, there's no way, there's really no way to describe it. Like people really won't get it until they do it. Yeah. It's an indescribable <laughs> state. Yeah. You really, Everything you know. about it. Mm-hmm. So, but my experience and the words that I have, it's, it's, it was like the most loving 
um, awakened spirit, like stepping in and saying, okay, I'm going to take care of you now. But it's real love. So it's not love that necessarily feels good. It's love that's going to get you free. And to get free, you have to move through a lot of suffering. So that's my relationship to medicine. <laughs> right. Has it still stayed? It seems better now, right? As we work with it. But maybe yeah, it, it gets has better. Some edge to it. it seems like it gets better. Like it gets it better. Yeah. But I was starting this arc of practice that took, I you know, what, what did it end up taking? It took about 23 ceremonies mm-hmm. um, to finish, beginning in 2019. And of course, taking off 2020. You know, right. And then getting back into it in 2021 um, and, the, and 2022. Um, so, yeah. So, my first ceremony was like, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> you know? And um, the medicine is extremely intelligent. So, it's going to catch you off guard. And so, it started catching me off guard and coming in in a way that I wasn't perceiving it. I couldn't catch it. You know, it was so right. subtle. Like, it was mm. just a, like a, a very slow creeping, <laughs> you know, um, into awakening, you know, in my mind and body. Um, but when I got there, I was like, oh, this is it. You know, it was overwhelming. Like, it's, I just found everything to be overwhelming. It was hard to understand. It was hard to, like, grasp on anything. And that just became the roller coaster that I was on for the next six ceremonies. Um, But it was the, so that was the first ceremony. The first ceremony was like an introduction. Like, this is what I am. This is what we're going to do. Right. And then the second ceremony really began this experience I had no idea could be experienced, right? Mm -hmm. But it was, the second ceremony was the introduction to the middle passage, right? Right. And like, it was everything, you know, it was everything, you know, that one would experience, that our ancestors experienced, surviving the middle passage, being captured, right, being chained, being held, then being, you know, trapped and placed into the hull of, of the ship, right, that's yeah. barreling, you know, across the Atlantic. Right. Um, and all of the like brutal, violent, evil things that were happening to yes. people, to our people who were completely dehumanized and became cargo. Right. You know, and with no sensitivity to that, we were actually human. Like we, yes, we needed be, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you know, I just, again, like words. You know, you know, really become really difficult because it's this. It was the middle patches. Pat the the middle passage is an experience that, like, we can't even fathom. You know, um, yeah. But the medicine took me right through it. <laughs> you know, the medicine's like we have to go back into this to liberate it. We, we right? have to go back into the to the central trauma in mm-hmm. many Black people's ancestral lines, particularly those who are descendant from enslaved people. Now, all Black people are, 
descended right. from from enslaved people. But a lot of us in this country and you know the Caribbean um, and other countries, South America, you know, most of us are descendant from enslaved people who survived the Middle Passage, and that trauma is lodged in our bodies, in our DNA, in our minds, our our consciousness. And you think so, for me mm-hmm. too, it's lodged even in the body of the earth. Yes. Like it's a yeah. suffering. I felt like very much when I work with the medicine too, when I was seeing mm-hmm. you, seeing my own, it's yeah. stuck in the earth yeah. body as a wound. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. Like this open wound. Yeah. It's like a, right with the Holocaust, there. I also feel yeah. very con- yeah. feel very similar, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. But this was just... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now. Yeah, so yes, say more about what you... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah so like in this, like yeah. I didn't, you know, all of a sudden I was there, <laughs> you know, like right. it wasn't like the medicine was never like, okay, I'm going to prepare want you. Right. <laughs> oh, I wasn't, I'd already made the choice to do it. Mm. Like my intention to, to undergo healing and sexual healing was the consent. You know, Absolutely. again, by any means necessary. <laughs> you came you know, with the kind of warrior spirit. Yeah, and right? that's, that kind of defines my whole practice and my whole way of being in the world, just like by any means necessary. This is where I'm going. And I'll just take on whatever I need to take on to get there. So, I mean, I was just like, all of a sudden I was there. And, I mean, it was, I mean, it was so much trauma i'd never experienced that much trauma mm-hmm. before you know um and i was living the experience through the body of one of my ancestors my root mm-hmm. ancestors mm-hmm. who so much it was so much like harriet tubman that you know i you know i would even assume that it was harriet tubman mm-hmm. you know that was guiding me through this experience um but yeah i lived through the body of this early ancestor um who was about 14 13 14 year old girl um and so i was this 14 year old girl 13 14 year old girl in the slave ship and like living through the sensory overwhelm of like the heat, the smell, like it was just blood and urine and like shit, <laughs> you know? Right. And you know, dead people, people dead were dying. People, yeah, everywhere. Darkness. Mm-hmm. 
like for days and months on end, weeks, you know, and how my ancestor and me had this like this intense fortitude that we were not going to die. Like that we like we were going to survive. And the way that I felt her and us, I guess, because it was both of us, but it was her call in this intense strength Mm -hmm. and conviction, right? You know, to like will herself through this, right? Um, Absolutely. I feel like Harry Tubman's grandmother was that way, modesty. Yeah. yeah. She probably was around the same age. It could have been connected, yeah. Ron. Could have been connected. I've been thinking lately, this past week, actually, mm-hmm. about a lot of these similarities. You know, mm-hmm. going back and sitting with Harriet and like studying more about her modesty. grandmother like, modesty came yeah. over. That was the beginning of their lineage mm-hmm. yeah. in America. They yeah. went on, mm-hmm. you know. And then again, you know, it's these are just words, but this was like an experience that transcended words. And I was just in the middle of it, you know, and I was in and out, right? You know, because it's hard to stay conscious of the yeah. level of pain. I, kn- I know yeah. when I was going through, I was blacking out for moments. Yeah, I was, exactly. I just like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, yes, it's yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, and uh, you know, of course, during that experience, I remember you being there with me, yeah. you know, and you were like you were holding my back and reminding me to like breathe, you know. Yeah, because people often would, rock. They yeah, bre- they rock and they can't yeah. breathe. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was breathing, and then I would fall back into it, you know. Um. Yeah, and then, you know, you come out of it, you know, but the whole experience lives with you. So I, like, I'm remembering bits and pieces of the experience more and more these days, right? Mm. And I've written, you know, I've written about this too in the volume on Black and Buddhist um, that we'll we'll have a link for um, in um, yes. This episode's notes, um, and you can read more about about those experiences. But like one of the things that I was taught, well, I was guided also through the experience by Nanzi, you know, which is right, your spirit the spider guide, guide. Yes. yeah, and who came? Like he was one of the gods who chose to come with our ancestors through the Middle Passage. Mm-hmm. You know, there were other gods, of course, but he was much more present um, for a lot a lot of our ancestors. And it's so bizarre because, um, so the writer, um, Neil Gaiman, um, mm-hmm. who's, you know, one of my favorite science fiction fantasy writers, you know, wrote this book called American Gods, you know, um, and talked about Anansi. You oh, know, wow. and Anansi's association with the Middle Passage, right? Wow, um, I don't think people know about this. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And you know, and so, so Anansi was like guiding me through it, but I didn't know that until the bulk of this ended, and he introduced himself to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But one of the things that he showed me, well, one of the things that I remembered after the fact that he showed me was like the root of transhistorical ancestral trauma in different cultures, you know? And one of the visions he gave me was, you know, when our ancestors survived the Middle Passage, like the vision that I got was that like their skin turned gray. Right. Like our ancestors' skin as to to symbolize the emergence of this intense trauma that would be passed down intergenerationally, creating, right. of course, the basis for transhistorical trauma, like this trauma that the only way we dealt with it was to like bury it. You know, yeah, forget it. This. Yeah, forget almost it. forget it. We forget yeah. it because it's too much. And then it begun begins to shape unconsciously shape everything, right? How our culture develops. You know, how our culture develops. lives in our somatic body too. Somatic informs everything. So it was like an experience that was launched in our bodies and minds, but fed by the system of chattel slavery and racism and anti-Black racism specifically, right? So it was like being re-emphasized. And that's, the challenge that we face, right? Um, but, you know, going back, you know, to to that vision, right? So our ancestors turned gray, but like, I would, he would bring, so Anansi would bring out children from different cultures and races that have survived collective mm. cultural trauma. Mm-hmm. So he he showed me like indigenous Native American children like, who were, like, just covered in blood, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Jewish children, right, who were, like, zombies, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, he kept showing me kids from, like, at cultures that I never even heard of on this planet, right? Going mm-hmm. back for, like, sad, actually. thousands and thousands it. of yeah. years, yeah. And, you know, and the, you know, he was like, oh, this is, like, this is the particular energetic impact of trauma on these cultures of people, you know? And, you know, I was just like, you know, it was an answer to a prayer, right? And my, of course, my prayer was like, what is transhistorical trauma? Right? Like, and you're going to learn it here up yeah. in the closest possible yeah. embodied way. Yeah. Also, talk about one thing for me mm-hmm. that stood out in being with you during that mm-hmm. time and in those ceremonies and kind of feeling your journey was mm-hmm. also how it manifested with your legs, these chains yeah. that I kept yeah, seeing. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is really interesting because... Yeah. yeah, just if you feel comfortable sharing about yeah, this absolutely. change, because I think that yeah. was so symbolic. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that today, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I'm in, you know, I'm in um, in doing some CrossFit. Yes, know? I'm so happy. And, We're all need to work out these days and keep up with this. Uh-huh. Hopefully, by the time this episode airs, I'll still be in CrossFit. But <laughs> you have to be careful. <laughs> That's all I say. Be careful. Injuries in CrossFit are real. It's a real yeah. thing. So I'm like really just trying to be careful. But like I'm focusing on my legs yeah. right now, and so I've been really reflecting on my legs and <clears throat> and ceremony. Yeah, like I when I started drinking medicine, I I 
couldn't walk well anymore. Like I couldn't like, you know, climb stairs. I would be moving really slowly. It would take me a lot of time to like get up, you know, and start moving somewhere. And, um, and then finally, and even then, you know, it was so unsteady. Yeah, it was, it was like almost like a tipping. It was like tipping over. Like, oh whoa, this yeah. can't. This doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, you sharing that you saw chains helped me to like actually see them. Those chains mm-hmm. and those chains represented. It was just the first thing in a series of things that I've had to do with my legs. But like the first thing that I saw was clearly like these chains. I was like, oh, I have these chains on my ankles, right? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to break them, (laughs) you know? And that really solved the issue because I felt like part of the transhistorical trauma were were these energetic chains that prevented me from actually experiencing true freedom, Right. Yeah, because we're chained on the ship. We're chained. And then they're chained on the way to the ship, to every, you know, after you get sold, there's a lot of chains. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the symbol for a lot of us, right? It's like these energetic chains that keep Mm -hmm. us bound. Mm -hmm. Shackles. That's the trauma, these shackles, right? Um, So I broke those chains, right? and it's still, you know, there was, you know, still issues I was working out because it was like, okay, now that you're unchained, now you have to figure out how to walk on the earth again, right? Pretty. So it just doesn't, things just don't clear up automatically. Like you're having to train yourself to walk again, right? And that, again, when you like heal trauma, move through trauma, like you, you get kind of put into this new life and you have to start learning things again. You know, you have to learn how to move through the world in a way that's not being informed by trauma any longer. And that can be just as difficult. Right? It's like an integration to freedom. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. You're, you're, you're let loose, but you're not free. I always yeah. have that in my mind. We're like, let yeah. loose, but we yeah. have to learn how to be. Because exactly. it's trained, the trauma has trained us to to be boundaried and shut down and numb. And when we we get that open space to be ourselves, like you have to move through a lot of discomfort, right? You have to start connecting to the space instead of like the contraction or the lack of space. Right? Absolutely. I remember when those chains came off, it was at the end of the retreat, final yeah. ceremony, and I saw you and it was the first time you could stand and walk. Yeah. I was like... Ah, it was like, Rod, you did it. And it really was like something magical to be there because somehow part of my spirit was living through you. I had experienced something very similar years Mm -hmm. ago in as, you know, in doing a retreat. And um, it was the most intense thing I'd ever experienced in my life. There was moments of it Mm -hmm. where, you know, you're touching Mm -hmm. in through Mm -hmm. the ayahuasca um, moments where I thought I could die from this hurt. But then we survive, you know, yeah. we're resilient. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was the worst night of my life right. by far, right? You know, and and I think people, you know, are wondering, okay, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why am I going to go and relive we, this? <laughs> if I'm black and descendant from enslaved people, am I going to go through this? 
if I try plant medicine, you know? And like the first thing that I want to say too is that like the medicine doesn't give you more than you can handle. Exactly. Like, you have to be ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be You called it in like trained. you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like the medicine is trying to annihilate you, to kill you. It's, it's only going to give you what you can handle. But like a lot of us, you know, well, I would say just for me, it was like sometimes I don't fully connect to my capacity to hold things so I can get mm-hmm. a lot and feel like it's overwhelming to I like wake up and say, you know what, I can do this. You know, that's kind of like the spirit that came into this world with us. Like, I'm going to survive, you know? And you like, who, I think you like helped me to see this about myself, which is that like, like I will choose to do it. I'll, I'll choose the work and I'll figure out how to do it later. You know, like, I, <laughs> like I'll, right. like I'll go to right. the work and I'll go and I'll choose it knowing that like, I'll get through it. Like, I'm going to get through this. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I'm going to get through it. And that's all that matters. Like, I don't have to know how to do it, you know, but I'll know that I'll figure it out. Right. And, and you so, do. Yeah. yeah, you do. You know, you got the hang of it really yeah. quickly, actually. Yeah. You know, it was like you know? the most distressing experience of your life. One of yeah. them, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, those moments, I, I, I really would say that that's a kind yeah. of trauma. You're at, yeah. you're at the bone. You're at the yeah. heart of the... You're at the bone, yeah. You're at the wound, the center yeah. of it. And to yeah. breathe and survive and then yeah. start thriving. Yeah. Well, and then, then, then the second part of this too, why we go through this is to... Well, there's a couple of reasons, but quickly, like the first reason is to like actually remember this experience because it's still our experience. There's still memories and trauma or the trauma in the form of like pain and con- and contraction in our experience in our minds and bodies, right? In our DNA. So we're remembering that it's there mm-hmm. and connecting to it, right? So we know what it is. And secondly, it's collective healing. It's like I feel like we touch into this experience and we metabolize as much as possible, not just for ourselves, but for our, for our collective, for our community. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So we like we're, we're using our bodies and our practice to metabolize, to channel this trauma out of the collective experience. You know, and just purifying that energy and releasing it. You know, Absolutely. that's you know, and that's what collective trauma healing is. Is like we're metabolizing a lot of energy that's in the collective and moving that through our body. We do our part. Of, of course, we can't do everything. Like we can't heal the whole collective, but we determine our capacity. And we take and on what we energy. can take on, mm-hmm. you know, and we release it, you know. So that's why we go through it as well. And one day, maybe this collective trauma will not be a huge issue and no one will have to, like, go through that. But I think for the foreseeable future, right? It feels, absolutely. It feels like we are another round of it. Yeah. I think, you know, people were just trying to survive in yeah. the 50s and the 60s after yeah. slavery, right? They were just trying yeah. to live. Now it's yeah. like we actually have the time to feel like yeah. this generation has the power 
the time and the ability to maybe take on a bigger piece of this collective work, how we, because obviously with George Floyd's murder and all those murders, it, it, it hit another wound, right? It reignited the, the wound. And for people who, um, have a kind of power, I think they do experience this. You know, I, I think they, Many will. And I've even met people that were white. I met a guy from Holland who once went through reliving a slave ship, his Dutch ancestors. Mm -hmm. So he had a different position. Right. But he was living it out as a slave and and was completely overwhelmed by the experience, completely was there, was, you know, so I think, and also a lot of us as we do this liberation Mm -hmm. work, we are metabolizing all the hurt and pain created by this trauma because when I was writing the Harriet Tubman book mm-hmm. and for some of you the um, Harriet Tubman there's a chapter in the third mm-hmm. book about her family lineage and it starts with modesty coming over they think from Ghana and you know you'll be able to read the chapter mm-hmm. um, but it feels like Harriet said this wound is not only alive in the bodies of the people, it's like the ocean was contaminated in some way. The water, you imagine you have ship after ship after ship carrying Mm -hmm. these people, you know, like the body, the water, it's still, and that's why I said it's the earth, but particularly in the oceans, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's really interesting too. And I just feel that, us making safe places mm-hmm. to release this energy is my priority. Yeah. How do I, yeah. you know, I helped with, and that's what's so helpful with plant medicine is mm-hmm. we can do this really deep exactly. ancestral work yeah. in a way that won't destroy you, you know, yeah. within a retreat, in a ceremony with people loving right. you and holding hands and singing to you and holding your mm-hmm. back. Like we need to be able to create more spaces where others can release this. Cause I think right. we're definitely not the only ones that mm-hmm. um, feel the need. It's like stuck in the, yeah. in their body. They feel chains, you know? Exactly. So I'm just wondering in the future, you know, how we are doing that, this land, you mm-hmm. know, everybody getting land and, you know, going mm-hmm. back kind of natural. I feel like we start to, learn to metabolize more when we're alone on the land, don't you? And through these meditation and prayer and church, we're metabolizing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to have the courage to do that. You know? Yeah. We have to be willing to endure the feelings, the sensations, to feel, knowing that Mm -hmm. it's temporary, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. knowing. And that's why I think our energy amongst people of the diaspora, when we're together, there's a power. I think alone is hard. Like you wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been able to do that depth alone. You have to be with a medicine, in a group of people, with healers surrounding you, with with, with support to go that deep. You know, Um, you could have done it, but it just was so... Accelerate it. We went right to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, how mm-hmm. many of us have real capacity to experience that in daily life? Yeah. To break those shackles that are on the DNA level, and the space, and the to space, do it. and the so food, and the like, yeah. water, and the, like, and we're already yeah. tired. And then you yeah, add no. this on. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> oh, like let's break yeah. these ancestral chains, you know. Yeah, yeah and I think people, you know listening to this 
you know, they may look at us and say, well, Ron Spring, like you have all this privilege to do this because this is what you do. Like, you know, this is your work. Right. <laughs> like, You're supposed to do heel, it. <laughs> you know, and like you've developed this life where you can just take off all this time. Right. Right. To do that. Yeah. I completely recognize that. Mm-hmm. Me Absolutely. Too. You know, but we all have some capacity to do something. Right. Regardless of where we are, like in life. And we have to start actually recognizing that and doing what we can where we are in the moment. And the more we do, the more the universe will open up more space and opportunity because we're aligning ourselves. Like Right. So those opportunities will come. Yeah. 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 You know, like it's going to come when you choose the light and the light is the healing, mm. you know, the healing work. But you have to just like be like, I have five minutes a day, right, to do something. And that's where you start. You've got you got know, to practice. You've got yeah. to dedicate. There's no yeah. liberation. It's not, you can't pray for it. Yeah. You know, you can get support like that yeah. through prayer, but you've got to actually engage in yeah, yeah, yeah. this alchemy of your mind. You actually have to yeah. work on the mind, you have to, you have to let go, you have yeah. to feel. Right? Doing, Isn't that yeah. what we're trying to get people to understand yeah. is there's a path yeah, and a well-trodden one. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You know? Um, and so we have to do all of that, you know? Um, Sorry, also, everybody, yeah. but you do. It's like yeah. another job in a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and as, as you, know, you were just saying, Spring, it's like, but the best way to do it is in community. Yeah. Like with people who are also aligned with the work. You know, um, a lot of people won't understand. Well, I would just I'll back that back that that up and say, you know, a lot of people haven't understood or understand what we do. Right. You know, we're like out there a little bit. Off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you take off and you spend a month in retreat or you go down to the jungle, you know, or you go to India, you know, some of the things that I do, you know, as much as possible. And people are like, oh, you're going for a vacation. No, I'm going to work. Like there's something, there's like teaching or something that I'm going to get from these places so I can work with it, metabolize it, and then give it to you. Absolutely. You know? And that's what we do. Like we we do our work and we metabolize this work and we show you how to do it for yourself in a way that's appropriate. Yeah. You know? And I think all of us are learning as space holders, healers, teachers, authors, we're learning how to do this better and better. But we yeah. have to keep growing in order to hold more space and provide yeah. um, a safe space for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I'm excited about our conversations because I feel that through our dialogue, through us talking about our own healing journeys, through us being so open, so real about the good, the bad, the ugly, the tears, the joy, um, in ways in which we are using these tools, practices to awaken, I hope that it's in service to all those listening 
um, on how to how to work with these energies and to to you know our conversations on liberation. I, I just hope are helpful for people because I love talking about this, and I know the more that we talk about it, also we are continuously focused on how to create mm. more avenues. That's my yeah. focus. Like I told you about this land project. Like how do I create a, a sanctuary? For more people to let go of this DNA level ancestral trauma that feels like, you know, rather you call it the curse, the family curse or whatever. Let's like, it's time. It's time for our people to get free. And only we can do it. Actually, we can do it now. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to, you know, we have to be willing to do it. We have to deepen our compassion and love you know, and really like wrap ourselves in joy because that's how I get through. Yeah. You know, it's like all of that. You know, I'm, you know, um writing about this kind of concept of awakened care. Um, in my book, New Saints, right? And like, and what is awakened care? But for me, awakened care is like these streams of love and compassion and joy coming together. Yeah. Right, being held by wisdom and clarity, and I feel I feel like I get filled up with this, and I'm able to start pouring. Yes, you know, yes. for others, you know, from this flow within my own experience. So I let the practice do the work, you know, mm-hmm. for me, and that's how that's what propels me <laughs> into one thing after the other. You know, it's like a fountain. Mm-hmm. It's a fountain, right? And I know that I will always be cared for as long as I am connected to my practice. Like, I don't have that fear of not having what I need anymore. Yeah, right? that's really Even, cool. That's profound. Say yeah. that again. I mean, I, I I don't have any fear of not having what I need mm-hmm. anymore. Even when I was in the middle patches, passage, moving to the middle passage, I didn't feel like I was just kind of let loose and out there alone. I just, yeah, it was overwhelming and and brutal. But I was still being supported through it. Yeah. You had these guides and angels around you. Yeah. And so now, like, you know, like I said earlier, it's I've completed this arc, you know, and that arc was ancestral healing. Like moving absolutely, through, absolutely. You know, I mean, that was just the beginning. And a journey of the last the few door. years. Yeah, that was like hello, ancestral. <laughs> you know, like it was like the middle passage was just like the fog that I had to like disperse, right, to get mm-hmm. to the next level. Absolutely, you know, of real ancestral healing. You know, which we'll talk about later on, but like that real ancestral healing is when I, when you really touch the ancestral line, like when you really touch that sorrow and that hurt and that suffering, right? And then you channel it out, you know, mm, which is It becomes painful. our magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's our bodies. Like our bodies become conduits for moving and releasing this trauma from our ancestral line. And that's a that was a whole nother level of practice. You Hallelujah. Know, that Absolutely. Was completely like, what is this? <laughs> you know, things that weren't things again, 
in this magic, there are things that just are possible that you never thought were ever possible. You know, um, yeah, I study a lot of like healing modalities, but also I study a lot of paranormal psychology stuff, you know, and and workings. And often like there were people in the field who would be like, okay, there's nothing that can be done about mm. whatever thing is happening, a demon or whatever, you know, vortex. And I say, oh, but ayahuasca <laughs> like, can actually be an ally, you know? Yeah, people need to know that, that this plant, yeah. this doctor, this medicine yeah. is profound. And yeah. whatever you believe you know about it, you yeah. probably, we, we, we're going to have conversations that will probably illuminate the real power exactly. and magic and potential of this plant um, as part of our conversations. Exactly. Well, Rod, I mean, we could talk forever about this. And I think, you know, if we were going to just sum it all up (laughs) for people who are, you know, at different stages of their journey, Mm -hmm. there's good work to do. Yeah. You know, I think both of us have both gone through a big chunk and now some of the more of the joy and the glory is happening, yes. you know, the yeah. expansiveness, yeah. the magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're kind of on yeah. the other side, but it's in a few years of a little, like, yeah. you know, intensity as everybody has been kind of going through this yeah. in the last few years, like this yeah. purification. Um, but I just want to say, I know your intention is similar. We have mm-hmm. this shared intention on just helping people access these liberation practices to share about them, whether it's plant medicine, meditation, somatics, um, paranormal psychology, you know. Uh, I just want to create these avenues for our people in these conversations where people can really understand, okay, what, what can be helpful? Yeah. Yeah. And that there is... There are so many resources in the world, right? You know, and you just kind of have to have a fearlessness, you know. Again, like with me, I was just like, "Yeah, I want to get free. <laughs> and so, therefore, I'm going to do anything to get free, right? You know. Um, but the la- I think one of the most important things that we all need to do, particularly everyone who's listening, is that you have to start with a clear authentic intention like Mm -hmm. you have to just like every day and this was one of the first teachings from one of my teachers you know who was like you know you want to do all this stuff but you're not clear you know you like you you just need to get clear about what you want to do and just keep repeating that over and Mm -hmm. over it's like making like a a dream board you know a vision board right you know your intention is your vision board. And I started at the very beginning of my practice saying that, like, I just want to be free. I want to be right. happy. Like, I want to do good work. And that's just what I kept saying over and over again. And then all the resources over time started coming. You know? Yeah, it's like you steering your own ship. You know, you're yeah. pushing yourself toward the sun, the light, yeah. the what you want. And so, yeah. And also for people to understand that they're worthy of this. Yeah. You know, exactly. however long you've been defined by trauma, shackles, every chain can be broken. 
Harry exactly. used to say that to me. Every chain. Every chain can be broken. You know, I would yeah. feel the suffering and be like, that can be broken. Yeah. You know, we have to, there's some faith involved. Yeah, yeah. There's you know, just you a moment. Just, yes. And to set your sights. I love that. I love these conversations. And I love the fact that we're both making things happen with the yes. books. Yeah. Your book about saints, my Harriet mm-hmm. Tubman book. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to inspire and channel these ancestors and these practices yeah. and these open up these conversations and this indigenous medicine. Um, so everybody, we're going to have a lot to share going mm-hmm. forward. We'll have people of color retreats where we work on these ancestors topics with plant medicine in Costa Rica. Um Lama Rodrigo, as I call him. Mm-hmm. So that's his South American name. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be joining on some of those retreats. Yeah. And 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 we will be, you know, working with the ancestor world with like this conductor. So I feel like our next conversation will be all about conduction, conductors. And yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm with Harriet and all these yeah. other and, and they're walking with the saints, talking in this way, embodying yeah. that, the new saints. Yep. Um, well, thank you, Rod, Lama Rod. I love yeah, talking you. with you. I always feel so inspired. Yeah. Thank you. This has been so wonderful as always. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thank you so much. And until the next episode. Under the master's will. Years and years of hurting each other. We got to turn it all around. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now.